Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Monday, February 1st, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Super Bowl week kicks off with the first of our shows on the biggest game of the year. Star columnist Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian and beat writer Sam McDowell join me in discussing some of the big issues this week, including the Chiefs' patchwork offensive line. Also, we wondered if the Bucks present as formidable a challenge as the 49ers did last year heading into the Super Bowl. I was really impressed with San Francisco last year, and the Chiefs are a bigger favorite this time, even though the game's being played on the Buccaneers' home field. We hit plenty of topics on the show that began as a sports beat live with our new sponsor, the University of Kansas Health System. So let's get started. Hey, good morning from Kansas City. Welcome to Sports Beat Live, the program where the beat writers and columnists for the Kansas City Star talk Chiefs. And what better week to do it? Super Bowl week has arrived. Uh, thanks for joining us. Join us with your questions and comments. We'll get to as many of them as we can. A couple things before um, we get started. Herbie Teope not with us today. He's running around, got a lot of things uh, going on today. So we'll catch up with Herbie later in the week. But what an esteemed hey. collection of talented riders we have here today. Sam McDowell, got the earbuds in. Good to see you, Sam. Her- Herbie's on today, Blair. <laughs> okay, very good. Vahe Gregorian, dressed up for the occasion. Good to see you, Vahe. You recognize this sweatshirt, don't you, Blair? 1996 Big 12 championship game. <laughs> I got a closet full of similar <laughs> attire. And Sam Mellinger is here. Sam, how you doing, buddy? Good, good. How are you? This is my nice hoodie. <laughs> so I'm glad everybody's got their Super Bowl best this week and uh, great to see. So, uh, yeah, listen, uh, send your send us your questions and comments. We'll get to as many of them as we can. I know we're on a little bit of a, a time crunch today because at the top of the hour, Super Bowl interviews begin. The Tampa Bay Bucks are on the clock starting at uh, 10 a.m. today, and we're going to uh, hopefully join uh, join in on those Zoom conference calls. And oh, look what's look what appeared on our screen here. Want to welcome a new sponsor. Happy to have the University of Kansas Health System aboard. You know, when we were going to Chiefs practices, we'd walk right by the, the office on the way to the to the um, interview room. So great to have University of Kansas Health System with us. Um, and uh, we're gonna. Um, so guys, let's let's start with let's start with this. I got a question for you, and. It just has to do with the week itself. So Tampa Bay Bucks, as we know, first team in Super Bowl history to play in their home stadium. If I understand this right, their training facility is a mile or so from, from Raymond James Stadium. And the Chiefs will be the first team in Super Bowl history to arrive at the Super Bowl a day before the game, making it a real business trip for uh, for the Chiefs. So my question is: Is there an advantage either way? Do the are, are the Bucks advantaged by by playing in their home stadium? Are the Chiefs advantaged by treating it like a like a true road game? Um, Sam McDowell, what, let's start with you. What do you think? Well, the the Chiefs have been really good on the road the past couple of years. So, um, I mean, they went undefeated this year. I, I don't really anticipate it, it being all that big of a factor, especially with the what are the twenty two thousand fans and, and seven seventy five hundred of those are frontline workers. I just, I don't really anticipate there being some big 
um, home field advantage in this game. I mean, the, the Bucks probably, you know, they're seeing the hoop all week. I don't know if that factors in, but I, you know, they, they've got a guy who's been here before leading that team. So I just, I, I think it's a non-factor both ways. Been here before, uh, like this is the tenth time for, for Tom Brady. Uh, that that's absolutely a factor. Vahe, what do you think? Well, I, I think all the points Sam made are right. And, you know, one of those road wins the Chiefs had was actually in the stadium. Um, and, you know, Blair, you pointed this out earlier in the year. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but Andy Reid's road record is the for, for coaches who coach more than 100 games, I think is the best in NFL history um, and undefeated this year. So, but uh, in seeing Sam Mellinger's face up there, it makes me think uh, about things like the Petty Patrick tour. And I, I can't you see the Chiefs somehow using this as a, you know, the world's out to get us. Um, you know, we're the number one seed. And we have to play on the road. You know, some sort of a uh, sort of kind of phony ginned up uh, <laughs> motivation to help them out just because they're always they've always got the scan button on for that. So I, I, I don't I think it's it's not really going to be a factor, but it's kind of a point of interest. Chiefs will find some disrespect, won't they, Sam? Yeah, um, I don't think there's been really like a home field advantage for the last 10 months in sports. You know, with the, the, there's no fan. Like, what, what are we talking about? But I do have um, a Petty Patrick Screw You Tour update. Um, you know, last week, uh, I don't know how many people caught this, but last week uh, I asked Patrick just sort of about that um, and, and if he honestly feels disrespected because he sure makes it seem like that. And did you guys catch his answer? It was next level. He was like, no, like we get tons of respect. You know, I'm respected. We're not disrespected at all. But then we're disrespected. Like it was in the same breath that he was like admitting this is all a farce and then saying, but I'm going to keep doing it. So, there's yeah, a- I mean, maybe they can. But I, I don't think there's an event like it, there is a zero percent chance that like Sunday night, if the Chiefs lose, zero percent chance we're talking about like home field advantage really got you know the bucks the bucks won a home game like that's just that's not a thing sam you You know what think of this Uh, thing oh sorry sam real quick uh i remember like five five quotes from college english and one of them was this walt whitman line about uh do i contradict myself very well i contradict myself i am large i contain multitudes (laughs) there's patrick for you Yeah, or, or the, the updated, slightly updated version was uh, Rick James on the on the Chappelle show. Talking about Murphy's County. Was that the the one where he he met, he like mocked people for um, saying that they don't win by enough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, "No, we're not disrespected, but we were being disrespected for not winning by enough points," which I didn't know was a stat or something like that. Just, <laughs> yeah. the guy, like to be clear, like my theory on this is I don't actually think that he's motivated by this stuff because I think he's like ridiculous. To, he's just different. But I think he just enjoys like I think it just makes it more yeah. fun to be able to like count the what was it, the, the two, yeah. fingers, two fingers against the Bills. Um no idea what he'll do on Sunday if they win. Um because he he can't count like six on one hand. <laughs> For Brady and then two. I don't know what he's going to do, uh, but he'll do maybe, something for sure. Maybe it's the 10 Super Bowls. It just goes right to the 10, back to the 10 thing. He, he would give the same hand signal to Tom Brady and Mitchell Trubisky. That would be, <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. 
Well, you, know, you know, those guys all all were saying that day that they actually it was actually refreshing to hear athletes say that they check social media, that they hear. I mean, Chris Jones says he reads everything, yeah. um, which that's probably where we should have posted that Mitchell uh Mitch Morse had, had gone to the Bills and it would have would have given him an update. <laughs> well, nobody thinks the Chiefs are going to win. That's for sure. Um, right. <laughs> I mean, they've got to. They'll have to surpass the odds and um, and the real Cinderella story here for right. an upstart Patrick Mahomes finally finally find some success. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I thought that media availability was it last uh, Friday, Thursday, whatever it was. I pretty pretty good uh, yeah. for I think it was th- yeah Thursday. Um, uh, Chris Jones and, and Patrick Mahomes both. I didn't you guys get a sense they they were they had their game faces on a little bit. They were kind of ready for this thing. Yeah, I, w- I was struck by Patrick um, and Andy in particular. I thought Patrick was like. He just has this ability and you either have it or you don't of like sort of the moments not too big for you and and you sort of loosen up. And I think he was already sort of in that headspace, you know, with like everything's on Zoom. It's harder than ever to sort of get inside somebody's head. But I thought he was pretty transparent with that. He was loose. And, you know, that that was big stage, Patrick, you know, um, in a way that other people aren't big stage. You know, he was real loose and everything. And I thought Andy Reid was the opposite. Um, you know, even by Andy standards, he was monotone which and that's him you know because he doesn't have time for this you know he'll make time but he'd rather be like drawing up some plays or thinking you know um it it was just to me those two guys in particular struck me as just like god they they are in exactly the headspace that that you want them in if you're a Chiefs fan totally great point I and I really did feel like Andy Andy who's been fairly loose I think in the last month in ways that I don't I, I I think cumulatively we haven't seen him be that way as frequently for such long periods of times as the last month or so. At least my impression is that. But he was absolute, you know, shut down corner, Andy. You're not getting not getting anything by him and and uh, or from him. Um, what's interesting is as we say this, uh, here here it is traditionally Super Bowl media day, and I guess this day is still a little different than the rest of the week. And all of us will recall last year in Tampa. I mean. You know, he was like a talk show host. I mean, he was holding court at that spot for an hour. And he was even entertaining the guy wearing the Les Josephs and Andy Reid jersey from, you know, to whatever that punt, pass, and kick thing was. I mean, he, anything that brought up was brought up, he went with it uh, at that event. I don't know it'll quite translate that way to a Zoom call today. Um, I, I thought uh... – Vahe, I think it was to your question, Patrick Mahomes, at when he was asked when he became aware of Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, and I think it looked like it really was sort of the Patrick equivalent of dropping the mic. I mean, I think he he said, you know, September 17th, 1995, the day I was born. And I think he actually walked away from the podium at that point. He did. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> I didn't know it was that much of a triumph to say, but it was pretty funny. This is pretty remarkable. I, I looked this up on September seventeenth, nineteen ninety-five. Tom Brady was a redshirt freshman. Yeah. He was a freshman at Michigan. I looked that up too, thinking he was already like at one of college football's you know biggest programs. Like it just. But you know what? I was it's crazy. I was actually disappointed because I was hoping it was going to be like he had some big day against a, a, a non-conference team his freshman year at Michigan, but. 
No, redshirting. So Patrick was lying. So Brian LaBerge asks, uh, what offensive line are the Chiefs rolling out? Um, Sam McDowell, you want to take a stab at that? I think I've got an answer, but uh, let's hear it from you. Yeah, um, I mean, we saw Wiley kicked out uh, to tackle. So I think Rimmers will move over to left tackle. You still have Allegretti, Ryder, um, and then you'll have Wiley kick out to uh, to right tackle to make room for Wisniewski at right guard. Um, that's probably the lineup they'll go with. I thought maybe um, in that Buffalo game we'd see Rankin because he had a pretty good day in week 17. But I just think a, a guy that's only played one game in the last year and a half, it's, the Super Bowl's probably not the, the second game you want to throw him in. But we've seen linemen go down in, 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 during these games throughout the season. So I think Rankin will probably be that next guy up. And to me, that's the biggest question going into this game is can they afford to lose another body? And if they do, how do they shuffle things from here? I think they're sort of at their breaking point right now as for, as far as, you know, uh, throughout the season, I know Andy Heck has, has several layers deep to this, but you know, it's plan a, if this guy goes down, then what happens if this guy goes down? I, I just feel like they're at sort of their bottom layer right now. And if, if another guy goes down now, what do you do? Yeah. Next man up's never been tested. Like it has this year when it comes to the offensive line, you think about, you know, last year's Super Bowl and even, well, even just last year's Super Bowl with um, with uh, Schwartz and Fisher at tackle and and uh, Laurent Duvernay Tardif at guard and um, <laughs> they haven't had LDD, LDT all year. Schwartz for six games and now no Fisher. Uh, it really is it is truly a patchwork of um, you know, of an offensive line, and now they're going up against a team that uh, that sacked Aaron Rodgers five times in in the uh, NFC Championship game. So. Is that uh, is, is that the place where we, we think the Chiefs might be most vulnerable? Is um, Chiefs offensive line versus Bucks defensive line? I, yeah, I think, absolutely. Ahead, I mean, be, beyond that, I mean, the Bucks like to blitz a lot, so it's not just going to be those four guys against the, the Chiefs five. I mean, the, the the Bucks bring numbers, and so I, I do wonder if we're going to see you know, maybe a little bit more of a, a second tight end, or I, I don't know, maybe more of leaving the running back home to to help. The, the Chiefs are definitely going to have to think about that and make some adjustments, though. Yeah, that definitely. Um, and, and maybe because of this, we see more Daryl Williams than Clyde Edwards-Alaire uh, mm-hmm. taking snaps to the running back, just a stronger physical running back that can chip maybe a little bit better. Yeah, the, the one thing I keep thinking about is um, that matchup is – I mean, it jumps out at you, right? Like um, the, the Chiefs on their, their, their third choice at one tackle – and, and their second choice at the other. I mean, this, this is a third third different position that Mike Remmers will start at, right? Um, he yeah. did some time at left guard, then right tackle, now left tackle. Um, but doesn't it seem like in football when there's a matchup that just seems that just screams out like this to, to us, that, you know, the coaches are smart. <laughs> um, it, it just seems like more times than not, adjustments are made on both sides that, that sort of the, the calibration of, of those matches, it, it's just not as big of a deal as we think. And now it becomes this, this, the second adjustment, right? Like what Sam said about, um, you know, another tight end, that means fewer options for Mahomes to throw to and fewer fewer threats for the Bucks to to cover. It just seems like those things have a way of, of lessening a little bit. And I, I still think, I think I said this last week, but I still think that that Saints game is instructive here um, because that was – I think the Chiefs have a better tackle situation now than they did in that game because Eric Fisher, and this maybe this goes back to Sam's point about Andy Heck being kind of at the bottom layer. You know, if they had an option 
Eric Fisher was not going to be playing left tackle that day because he was dragging. Um, and, and the Saints got a ton of pressure. Um, and I think they're actually better in the back end than the Bucks are. Uh, but anyway, they, they got a ton of pressure, and the Chiefs still scored 32 points. So um, it, it'll be a problem. But, you know, the beauty of the Chiefs is that they, they, they have an answer for all the, te- all the questions on the test, you know. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they do it. Hi, Chiefs fans. This is Clark Hunt. If you have an urgent orthopedic or sports injury, the University of Kansas Health System is open, safe, and has extended hours to see you quickly. You deserve champion treatment from the experts who treat the Chiefs. Request an appointment at kansashealthsystem.com slash sportsmedicine. We're proud that the University of Kansas Health System is the official healthcare provider of the Chiefs. I do feel like they, they've time and again shown us that. Um, it, but I think if there's an asterisk or a, a thing to be concerned about, it's it's something our, our friend of the show, Michael McCambridge, pointed out to me the other day that, that sort of the Bill James theory in baseball, where if you lose you lose, lose a second baseman, you can you know you can make up for it a little bit by cheating some with what you do, and but then if you lose a first baseman too, I'm not articulating this properly, but at some point the diminishing aspect of it you know, catches up with you in a bigger way. And so I, I feel like they'll be able to, to, to make this work, but I, 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 I fear for them if they sort of lose another link in the chain. I mean, this, this was the reason that the 49ers were, were winning that game last year, deep into the fourth quarter yeah. is their defensive line dominated the chiefs offensive line. And, um, you know, Mahomes was sacked four times in that game. We all remember him going over to Eric Bieniemy and asking, do we have time to want, run wasp and that was because their offensive line was getting beat up so um i, I think it's a factor sam sam's right i mean they have all week to prepare for this they know that they know what they're up against they know what their personnel is but it, i i still think that is the biggest matchup that the bucks have to look at and say this is where we can get these guys yeah yeah through three and a half quarters the chiefs had 10 points in in the super bowl right yeah and Mahomes was harassed into a couple of picks and Lyle Harris uh, says, I want the Bucks to blitz every down because Mahomes will get the ball out to his speed guys and they'll be off and running for big plays. Mahomes not going to just sit in the pocket like Rodgers and get sacked. This offensive line is better than what they get credit for. Uh, look, you're absolutely right comparing uh, uh, the advantage of Mahomes over Aaron Rodgers when it comes to mobility. Um, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to sit here, lament all off season when he should have tucked it and ran on that third and eight from, you know, from the goal line when he had a, you know, nothing but green space between him and the end zone that would have, you know, given the Packers an opportunity to tie the game. So uh, Mahomes absolutely takes that and goes into the end zone with it. Um, I do think it's, it's, I don't know if this is what it, it was Brian with that, with that point, um, whoever, um, but Wiley and Remmers are not bums, you know, I mean, they, these, they're not Fisher and Schwartz. They're not a healthy Fisher and Schwartz, but you know, they're not bombs. And, and, you know, and, and I also think that I keep going back to that saints game. Um, they moved the pocket a lot. The chiefs did, um, you know, left and right to, to help those guys out. I'd, I'd expect them to do, do some of that as well. Okay. So let me ask you guys this. Um, second straight Super Bowl for the chiefs. Um, in, in in San Francisco last year, they, they faced a team that really just dominated the, the, the two playoff opponents uh, and, and dominated the regular season. They were 13-3, and three, had a better record than the Chiefs in the regular season. 
dominated the Vikings and the Packers in the uh, in the NFC playoffs. Tampa Bay, pretty impressive, three straight road victories to get to the Super Bowl. Um, they, their offense is playing great. They're averaging thirty more than thirty points in the last six. Well, since the Chiefs lost, right in Week Twelve, their offense has been terrific. So my question is, um, who who enters the Super Bowl in a, in a in a better state? The 49ers last year or the Tampa Bay Bucks this year? Um, and, and and what are what are some of the differences? Um, um, what do you think, Vahe? I, I, that's a great question. Um, you know, on, on one hand, you could say that it's it's uh, it's it's most different for Tampa Bay to be playing a team that's trying to repeat, right? I mean, there's, the Chiefs are a little bit of a known commodity that way. Last season, it was uh, whatever the psychological ramifications are. Either way, it was two teams that hadn't hadn't been there for a while. Um, so I I. I don't know what that ends up meaning in terms of advantage. I, I think, though, we, we should be seeing two teams that both completely believe in themselves. Um, been a while since Tampa Bay had done anything like this, but, but between the, the presence of Brady and other veterans there and the fact that they took the road you just described to get there, I, I don't think this is a team coming into the game, you know, doubting itself or can we do this? I mean, I, I, I would assume Tampa Bay fully expects to win. And you know, find the find the kryptonite here. So I, I I just think that it's it a lot of ways for all I just rambled on about. I think it's kind of similar. I think two teams that really feel this is their game. Yeah, I think they're they're super similar. I think they're built similarly. Like uh, the Bucks don't have anybody as good as Bosa, but um, you know they're built similarly. I think on really on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, to me, the difference is the, I, you know, I know this is oversimplifying, but to me, the difference is the quarterback. Like, um, you know, I don't, Brady's not going to miss <laughs> the equivalent of Emmanuel Sanders deep um, the way that, that Garoppolo did. Um, so if that's the tiebreaker, I'd, I'd say the Bucks are maybe a little bit better. Um, but, but Garoppolo didn't throw three interceptions on three straight that's positions true. either, uh, which, which he did against the Packers and through, I know, uh, didn't Tyron Matthew pick them off in Tampa Bay? Um, seems like the Chiefs have one or two picks in that game yeah. in the regular season. On a deflected, if I remember, it was at the, it was kind of a deep pass and it bounced off. Maybe Breland deflected it or something. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, and with the, yeah. the Brady Slayer as the defensive coordinator, um, you know, I, 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 that that that's an interesting X factor in this. I think too, just the the sense Spagnolo seems to have had of. Brady over the years. I don't know what the full record is, but he's had some very notable wins that he engineered. For sure. You know, the bigger difference when I, when I, when I think about the opponent, maybe the, what's the difference in the chiefs, right? Um, the chiefs had never been there before. Um, you know, none, none of the players had, you know, had the Super Bowl experience. How, how much should we, you know, should we factor in having been there, done that for the chiefs and, you know, I, we talked earlier about, you know, advantage or disadvantage playing a, basically a true road game, Chiefs treating it as such, not not leaving Kansas City until Saturday to go down there. But just the fact that they have Super Bowl experience and, um, and, and, and you know, will not be you know, nothing, not only Super Bowl experience, but the experience of beating this team in this stadium already this year. I just don't think from a, you know, from, from any sort of intangible standpoint, um, the, the Chiefs are, are, you know, are disadvantaged as opposed to where they were a year ago. Is that 
Does that make any sense? Yeah, and I also think just adding to that, um, things didn't go well for this team the last time they were here for three quarters, and they still won the football game. I think that stuff matters too because there's going to be moments in this game that seem pretty big and moments that could potentially get a lot of teams down. And this team's been in that position before and bounced back. And they, they did that in the last year's playoffs. They've already done it this year once in the playoffs. I just think this this is a game that lends itself to panic, and this is a team that's not going to panic. Yeah. One thing I don't think they're not going to talk about this like on the national coverage or whatever, but like um, I, the defense is interesting to me. Like depending on how much juice Frank Clark has for this game, um, I, I think the Chiefs' defense may be a little bit ahead of where it was last year. Now look, um, this defense did not have the 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 length of track record that last year's did, but I think Juan Thornhill makes a huge difference. He was absolutely terrific. Um, against the Bills. And if that's where he's at physically, that's a huge upgrade at an important position because, um, I mean, Matthew and Thornhill, they're, they're, there can't be too many pairs of safeties uh, better than that in the league. And especially against, you know, a team with with that quarterback and then, you know, Godwin and Evans, Miller, like all Gronkowski, um, you know, I, th- I think that, that can play a big role. About 10, ten starters um, are expected to to start for the Chiefs uh, in, in Super Bowl 55 that started in Super Bowl 54. Um, mm-hmm. The only player not in the lineup is uh, Reggie Raglan, who started uh, last year's game, and uh, Legereus Sneed will start in, in, in this one. So uh, I, I think that's interesting. All right, let's, let's wind it down and, uh, and address the, um, the, the, the important topic that Jesse Bates brought up. Um, I know the big story here is the Super Bowl, but can we – Please briefly address Twitter th- the Twitter thread about Mellinger's writing style. <laughs> I think Can I just say something real quick? <laughs> I don't know that this has ever happened to me before. Where is it, have you guys ever had this where like somebody describes you or something that you do in a way that you had no idea that you did, but as soon as you hear it described, you're like, oh my god, that's perfect! I absolutely like. I never realized. Uh, that this is this is my thing, but as soon as I read what McDowell said, I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, guess I, I I tell you what, I, we've been in a lot of different situations, hair on fire for most people, and Cool Hand Sam is just uh, just typing away. I, I I I sort of have a visual of him like in the Mission Impossible movie with Tom Cruise hanging down, right his face right below the the floor, and Tam's just casually Sam's just casually typing. Uh, the, the story that he wanted to get out. Then he looks up like, oh, look where I am. It's pretty amazing. It's, it's just what? funny to me because the, the final product, I feel like, turns out well for both of our columnists. But sitting between those two guys and Bahe is often, <laughs> Bahe is often, I don't know how I'm going to put this together. And then it worked. <laughs> and Sam's just over there typing. And uh, like, I, like I said in the tweet, his, his hands never stop moving. Uh, every once in a while, he'll look up for just a second, and then he's right back to it. And it's just for those of us that have to go through and sometimes think about what's my next sentence. It's really irritating to watch. <laughs> the look up is so perfect. That look up tilt. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's the part that killed me. Well, that was from Therese, right? Um, I mean, that's like three seconds tops. So, I mean, it's just like, uh, I'm, yeah, that that's what I want to say. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you mentioned the head tilt. 
my wife tells me, my wife makes fun of me for my own dad tell all the time. I, you know, Sam, I actually wondered if, if because you mentioned that you hadn't noticed it, I actually wondered if you went to Katie and were like, do I do this? And she'd be like, yes, you do. No, as, as soon as I read the words, I was like, oh, I won't say the word, but I was like, they got me. It's sort of that Forrest Gump head tilt, too, isn't it? <laughs> you know, Fahe, Fahe mentioned the story. Uh, we were in the car traveling from Milwaukee to Green Bay, and you were furiously putting together the, the I think it was the minutes, um, Mellinger minutes that day. And you, know, you, you really, you didn't come up for air. I remember that. What I, what I also remember, and Bahe didn't mention this in the tweet, that the radio was blasting the entire <laughs> way. <laughs> and we were, and the rest of us were singing. We were singing along. <laughs> the Kramer reference was A plus though, Vahe. That made the tweet. <laughs> All right, so if you haven't seen it, go find this uh, Twitter thread and, and uh, get some uh, get some writing tips from from Sam Bellinger. Um, how'd you how'd you read it, Blair? What's that? How'd you read the Twitter thread? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How about that? Uh, it was a miracle. Uh, it was a Twitter miracle. Uh, it only it only took a thousand phone calls and uh, and oh, you're text back. Yeah, so Twitter. Twitter's back. Um, while I was gone for a week, uh, I'd gotten my Twitter account was hacked, and uh, and apparently through my Twitter account, a lot of people bought Bitcoin. I found I found out. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know you have that kind of sway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> All right, guys, let's end it here. Tampa Bay Bucks are on the clock with their Zoom calls. Uh, I want to thank. Uh, Sam, Vahe, Sam, and of course Herb will, will be joining us on Thursday when we return. I want to thank the University of Kansas Health System for their sponsorship and mostly thanks to you all for, for joining us and um, if we didn't get to your question or comment, we'll, we'll try to do that on Thursday. So for all of us and Beth Welsh, our producer, um, have a good morning and we'll talk to you again on Thursday, 9.30 in the morning. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff and everyone who helps make Sports Beat KC happen. Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Bonnie Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Sam McDowell, Vahe Gregorian, Sam Mellinger, and Herbie T.O.P. for Talking Chiefs. Herbie, we missed you today. We'll catch you on Thursday. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we have another deal for you, especially for those that want to deep dive into the Stars' terrific Chiefs coverage. And what a time to be part of that. For a limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month, and that's not bad, unless you cancel. So how do you get it? Go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. You want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, you send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I will get you to the right place. So whether it's a sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Tuesday to continue our Super Bowl coverage in another episode.